you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hey, hey, welcome to episode number 62 of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you already know. And um, once again, unfortunately, I'm not joined by the wrestling kid this time. So I'll be flying solo again. So, um, yeah, just a warning right up front to all of you who don't like the sound of my voice. You might want to tune out now because it's just me. Um, wrestling kid is still around. Don't worry. He hasn't gone anywhere. Um, he's just a little bit busy, so I'm going to plow ahead and, and go through with this episode tonight. Um, but yeah, welcome. Thanks for joining us. If this is the first time that you're joining us, welcome to Wulong Talks. Uh, what we do here is we like to talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books, and lots of other things around pop culture and, and give you our kind of unique take on those things as well. Um, for this episode, we're going to be doing a few different things. So one of the things that I'll be talking about is the the recent Oscars and, and talking about uh, some of the things that went down there from uh, a kind of geek perspective and um, some of the, the news that we found out from the award ceremony. Um, we'll also chat a little bit about Resident Evil 2 because I've been playing that and I love it. So I've got to have a chat with you about that. Um, we'll talk some trailer stuff. We'll talk a little bit about... Um, some TV shows on Netflix like Umbrella Academy um, and we'll also talk a little bit about The Punisher Season 2 as well I'll give you my thoughts on that um, and how everything has kind of gone down with uh, the Netflix MCU but um, first of all as I said welcome and I hope you're well and uh, you know this podcast finds you in a, a happy place um, I'm all good uh, I've been very busy myself lately um, we are preparing for those of you who don't know um, we are preparing to welcome our first child that's myself and my wife um, and we're very excited and we're obviously um, very very kind of frazzled as well and trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing so those of you who are parents who are listening to this I'm, I'm sure you'll have plenty of advice to, to give us over the coming weeks and I'll be looking to you to give me some advice too so don't be surprised if I don't pop up in your DMs and start asking you like how do you change a nappy again um, but yeah you know this, that's filled a, a lot of our time recently so um, that's kind of kept us going over the, the past couple of weeks. Um, the baby will be due at uh, any point from now, basically. So whenever you hear this podcast, um, if you check our social media feeds, you'll probably see a sneaky baby pick or two up on there. Now, as said, um, we recently had the Oscars go past um, and I'm somebody who's not really taken much interest in the Oscars um there was a time when I used to watch the Oscars a lot um because you know it was kind of seen as the pinnacle of um movie making and it was interesting to see you know kind of the movies that were being honored and what was being given awards and what wasn't and you know it was kind of fun to debate but I've kind of got to a point now where 
I'm not sure I care that much about the Oscars anymore. Um, it doesn't really kind of shape my opinions on on movies. I, I tend to have got to a place where I'm I'm quite happy with my own opinions on on movies and. Um, you know the, the the choices that I make don't necessarily reflect the choices that the academy make. Um, but that said, we did get a couple of really significant victories, uh, particularly if you're a, a comic book movie fan or you know if you're a pop culture fan. With there were some big wins here to to talk about. Um, I wanted to talk about the uh, victories for Black Panther, which I thought were well well deserved. Um, you know, first of all, the costume design winner uh, Rufi Carter. Is a, a legend in the Hollywood film industry, and you know some of her work dates back years and years and years. Um, you know, you can go way back in into her career, really, from sort of like the late eighties, I believe it is, um, is when she got her first break. Um, and you know, I think we'd all agree that the work she did on on Black Panther was amazing in terms of the the kind of costume designs that she came up with for the movie. So. Um, that is something that I think, you know, is, is really, really well deserved. Um, another Oscar winner for Black Panther was Hannah Bleacher J, who won for production design. And she's a history maker as well in that she is the first uh, woman of color, the first black woman to win a production design Oscar. Um, and again, you know, hard to argue with the award of that because... Again, you know, one of the things that people really loved about Black Panther, including me and, and the guys, was, you know, the way that movie was designed in terms of the sets and, and things like that. It was really, really phenomenal work that was done there um, in bringing the world of, of Wakanda to life and bringing Black Panther's world to life. It was um, unbelievable work. So, again, really well-deserved Oscar. Um, another one that the movie picked up as well was for uh, its soundtrack. Um, it won the best original score, uh, which again, hard, hard to argue against it because the work that was done by, um, you know, the music supervisor Ludwig Göransson, uh, is phenomenal. I mean, I know again, he's another one who has a real track record in, in Hollywood of, uh, producing some sterling work and he really outdid himself with, with Black Panther. Um, if none of you have seen the, the mini documentary, about his journey that he went on to, you know, um, kind of working towards putting that movie soundtrack together. I, I strongly urge you watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's it's on the extras on the Black Panther DVD, or if you've got the Blu-ray, it'll be in the extras for the Blu-ray. Um, and it's just worth seeing because of, you know, his journey to the different countries in Africa and meeting different musicians from that part of the world and collaborating with them and, um, you know, the, the kind of energy they brought together um with you know his music background and their music background and, and collaborating together to to create this um truly phenomenal sound that you know sticks out as much as anything else within the, the black panther movie um you really do appreciate kind of what he does there so you know that was wonderful wonderful stuff and great to hear that he won the oscar for that um, aside from that, we also got a massive win for Into the Spider-Verse, which is one that, you know, really, really warmed our hearts here at Wulong Talks. Um, you know, as you know, me and Rich are, are massive fans of, of that movie. We really thought it was incredible, the work that they did. Um, and they managed to win the uh, Best Animated Movie uh, Oscar, which, as said, is just wonderful, wonderful news. We're really, really happy for that. Um and, you know, Rich and I were talking about this outside of the podcast and we were wondering if, you know, these 
victories are going to change um things for comic book movies because um you know part of the reason i said why i don't really like the oscars or, or don't really follow the oscars that closely anymore is because um you know a lot of the movies that we like are often overlooked and that includes comic book movies and sci-fi and horror you know they're, they're often disregarded um by the academy even though these are the movies that tend to make the money that Hollywood needs in order to exist. Um, and oftentimes, as said, they're, they're kind of treated like a bastard cousin in some ways and, you know, not really treated as the works of art that they are um, and that they should be taken for that, you know, and that's not to say that all of them are, are fantastic and deserve, um, you know, the highest honours of, of recognition, but certainly over the years, there's been many examples that I can think of, and I'm sure all of you could think of, that, um, you know, probably deserved some recognition from the Academy and never got it. Um, so hopefully, you know, these victories here for Black Panther and Into the Spider-Verse will maybe slowly start to, you know, change the Academy's opinion of... of these kinds of movies and, and what these kind of movies represent to the audience who watch them so um yeah kudos to them for for winning those awards that was um that was wonderful news to to kind of wake up to in the morning um aside from the oscars there is a couple of other things that i said i wanted to talk to you about as well um one of the things that i, I wanted to mention actually was um something that i discovered recently just on my spotify when i was kind of scrolling through it um and that's a, a story told a storytelling podcast called wolverine the long night um uh, i believe it was produced by stitcher premium um and marvel were working in conjunction with them to produce this story about wolverine um the podcast is really well done i've got to say like you know i, I know initially it was um released on stitcher premium so you had to have a stitcher premium account in order to listen to it when it released but it's now available free for you to listen to on spotify and um i urge you to do it especially if you're into you know kind of storytelling podcasts and, and things like that and especially if you're a comic book fan as well um wolverine is a really good choice of a character to fit into that kind of world because um you don't need to be overly descriptive in terms of um you know what's happening um the way that they handle the the kind of fight scenes and, and the action um is quite clever as well because obviously in a podcast you can't have a narrator you know just describing in detail what happens in the scene because it just doesn't work and it takes the, the the viewer or the listener in this case out of the story um so it's also it's almost kind of told in flashback with you know um these interviews being conducted um by these investigators who are um basically trying to track down wolverine um and these witnesses describing what they see um in their interactions with him um wolverine actually features in the the story himself as well he's played by uh, richard armitage who um if you know uh, british tv then you'll know richard armitage from many british tv shows um he was also uh, i believe he was the king dwarf in the hobbit movies I, I i don't know the hobbit movies that well so i can't remember his name sorry but i'm sure one of you out there listening will will know who i'm talking about so um richard armitage provides the wolf uh, the voice of, of wolverine and and he's really good at it like, really really good he gives a lot of gravitas and and believability to the the, the character 
Um, and the scripts are so well written in the podcast as well that it, it's, you know, it comes off as quite believable. Um, and I think, you know, this is a really interesting avenue for uh, comic books and um, comic book companies to, to take a, a look at because, you know, Marvel has shown here that it can be done um, if you pick the right character and you and you bring together, um, you know, a really talented voice cast and you bring together good writers. And this is something that really, really does work. So I think it's it's something that, you know, presents a, another opportunity, comic books as we know, you know, are having their struggles at the moment in terms of sales and, and general interest and, and getting people interested in them. And perhaps this may be a, a new way to, you know, kind of draw in a, a different audience and to get people interested um, in finding out more about comic book characters. So it'd be interesting to see what the developments are with, with that going forward. Uh, apparently there are plans for a sequel to uh, The Long Night, um, when that's going to come out, I don't know. Um, there isn't anything up at the moment that I've been able to find about um, any scheduled sort of release dates for that yet. But um, apparently there are plans to do another one. And I'm presuming if that one goes well, then we could see other characters get the treatment too. So, um, yeah, very interesting. And definitely, as said, uh, worth checking out. So if you haven't heard that yet, go and listen to that. Now, um, I recently, I mean, as, as you guys know, if you've been listening to Wulong Talks for a while, um, you know, I'm class myself as a part-time gamer. Um, I'm not somebody who has a, a lot of time to kind of spend gaming. And when I do get to spend some time gaming, I've, I've got to play it in like sort of an hour, hour and a half increments. Otherwise, I, I kind of find... I get too sucked in to the point where I could quite easily spend six or seven hours playing a game. Um, and that's not good when you've got a house to maintain. So um, I try not to kind of get too sucked into to games. And I, I've, you know, I've had that in the past where um, I've got into games and, and really just disappeared into them. I mean, you all know about me and Yakuza, like that's how my background is you know Yakuza is a game I've spent hours and hours and hours playing still haven't finished playing um, Yakuza 6 yet uh, so yeah you'll get some updates on that eventually but um, yeah you know gaming is something that I, I try and do in, in small blocks but recently I've had the opportunity to play uh, Resident Evil 2 with my cousin and I've got to say that is Resident Evil 2 is so good <laughs> it's just so good it's brought back so many memories but also what I like about it is it to me it shows how to do a, a game remake the right way in a sense that it uses the technology that's available um, via the the power of the PS4 um, and it doesn't waste any of, of the capabilities of that system um, at all. Uh, you know, even though certain scenes are, are, are basically ported directly from the original PlayStation 2 version, um, it's not just a straight up port in a sense that, you know, the the AI on the zombies is better. Um, the AI on the liquors is better. Um, it, you know, it, it just it uses the atmosphere um, superbly well. The... the visuals on on the actual game itself are stunning and uh the sound design is is brilliant as well even better than it was on on the playstation 2 version um and yeah the gameplay has just been immense i mean they said me and my cousin have been playing this now for um about a week and a half and we've got pretty far in it we've got 
up to the point where you are stuck in the sewers and you're trying to escape the the mutant crocodile that's not a spoiler um by the way i mean if you've played resident evil 2 before you know about that so that's not a spoiler um but yeah as i said so far we're we're really just we're both loving it because it's um as i said it, it it manages to keep the spirit of resident evil 2 from playstation 2 um and just upgrade it into a world and into a set of technologies that, that really know how to exploit and bring out the best in in that game and the ideals of that game um the the main characters that you can play as are, are claire redfield and leon kennedy um both of their stories are, are quite interesting as well we've chosen to go with leon so we've been playing the game as leon but um once we finish that i do want to play through with with claire as well because i know um or from what i've heard anyway with claire you get different weapons and, and things like that and the story changes slightly as well so i'd be interested to see it from uh claire redfield's side as well but that is a game i've got to recommend highly to you so if you've got a ps4 and you're looking for a game to to get into um resident evil 2 is definitely the one man so go and check that out now we're going to get onto some trailers chat as well in a mo um just give me a second here let me grab a swig of water Ooh, ah, that hits the spot. Thank you very much for your patience there. Um, so yeah, we've had a couple of uh, new trailers that have come out recently as well, and I'm kind of liking the the trailers. Well, two out of the three, I'm liking. Let's say. So we recently got another trailer for Detective Pikachu, which is the adaptation of the Nintendo Game Boy game um, that will be coming out this year. Um, which stars Ryan Reynolds as the voice of, of Pikachu and Justice Smith. Um, we, that is myself and, and Alvin um, Big A, the Mank Geek, who features sometimes on the show as well, uh, discussed this uh, quite a few episodes back. And I'll link to the, the old episode um, when the announcement first came out that they were making a Detective Pikachu movie. Because we were both in absolute shock because we just couldn't believe that that Hollywood was considering making a movie of, you know, this obscure game that isn't even really in the main Pokemon series, so to speak. It's it's an offshoot of, of that and a spin-off of that and basically is around Pikachu as a detective. Um, and it is as bonkers as it sounds. So if you're familiar with Pokemon and you're familiar with Pikachu, um, yeah, you know, that <laughs> that that is as wild as it gets. Um but this trailer is brilliant i love it like i really do i mean i, I love the teaser trailer um and this trailer does have a big reveal in it um which i know some people weren't too happy about but i wasn't too bothered because i kind of expected to, that we were going to get this reveal at some point anyway because i remember reading that um there were some rumors that mewtwo would play a part in in the movie and if those of you who have seen the older pokemon um movies the like the animated movie and things like that you'll you'll remember mewtwo um especially if you know the games as well and um yeah it didn't come as a surprise to me to to find out that mewtwo was going to be in the game um sorry going to be in the movie but yeah i thought it was like the trailer was bonkers but <laughs> just brilliant i mean 
it actually looks like a stroke of genius casting Ryan Reynolds as as Detective Pikachu as the voice of Detective Pikachu because he his kind of his sense of humor and his kind of laconic kind of wit is is almost perfect for for Detective Pikachu um especially if you if you want to you know kind of play up the ridiculousness of of the story and of the idea which is what this movie is doing and and what i like as well is it's not shying away from the ridiculousness of it it's telling you this is stupid this is ridiculous but hang on in there we're gonna have some fun and i'm cool with that you know i'm totally down with that um i'm not gonna name all of the pikachu in the trailer because there was too many and some of them i couldn't even remember anyway because it's been a while since i've actually played pokemon um but it looks like you know basically all of the kind of major pokemon that you would expect to see in there are in there although i haven't seen any team rocket in this one um I know, strictly speaking, you know, they, they don't necessarily play a part in the Detective Pikachu game, but I got a sneaky feeling we might get some Team Rocket in there somewhere, you know. Um, I think that might be a surprise that they pull later on. Um, but otherwise, as said, visually, it looks really stunning. Um, some of the set pieces look fun as well. I mean, there, there's a, um, a really cool scene shown in the trailer of like a, a Pokemon parade where it looks like Pikachu is uh, trying to escape from Mewtwo and um, the way kind of the, the sets are designed and, and things like that are really good. The animation looks top notch as well. Um, the CGI looks great. Um, I like Justice Smith as well. Um, you know, that's for those of you that don't know, that's Richard's best friend from the get down <laughs> from that Netflix TV series that was sadly cancelled. But um you know, I I like what I'm seeing so far. It, it looks like it's staying true to Pokemon's roots. Um, as said, it's playing up the the fact that you know the this movie is kind of ridiculous, but is sticking to that and is saying, you know what? Yeah, it's weird, but join us. You're gonna have a laugh. Um, so yeah, as said I'm down with that, and I'll be very excited to see Detective Pikachu when it comes out, which I believe. Um, don't hold me to this, but I think it is in June of this year. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah, I think it's, it's June this year that we, we should get it in the UK. So, um, let us know if you're going to be checking that out as well, man, drop us a line on social media. You'll find out how to, to do that at the end of this podcast. Um, but yeah, let us know if you're looking forward to it. Cause, um, we definitely are. Um, the other trailers that we got were, um, a red band trailer for Hellboy, um, this is the Hellboy, I guess, reboot um, for those that are familiar with the original Hellboy uh, movie series that came out a few years ago, um, directed by Guillermo del Toro with starring Ron Perlman. Um, I kind of like this. I, I did like this trailer. The The first, the very first tra- teaser trailer that they dropped, um, it still took a little while for me to get my head around the fact that Hellboy was not going to be played by Ron Perlman. Um you know, but to be honest, it, it actually kind of, you know, the the they've gone for a slightly different look for, for Hellboy um, that in a way is, is almost a bit more comic book accurate, I would say, than um, the look that Ron Perlman had. But I actually kind of like it. It's it's growing on me. It's it's got a more rough look, a more rough and ready look um, to the, the makeup and, you know, the... Um, to the costume design for Hellboy. And I'm kind of cool with that. I, I do like it. I do. Um, 
you know, if you're going to remake something like this, which, you know, we live in the era of remakes, so there's no point getting upset about these things anymore. Um, I think, you know, you might as well go for it and, and try and do something that makes your remake a little bit different to, to what came before. And the feeling with this is that I get is that this is definitely going to be something very different. So I'm down with that. Um, the trailer that I saw was a red band trailer, so it was complete with um, a bit of blood and a few F-bombs. Um, did that make any difference to me? No, not really. Um you know, because I, I do like the original Hellboy movies anyway, but I, I'm quite cool, as said, with, with this trailer. I like the, the kind of story they're going for, the, the slightly apocalyptic story. Um, the cast in this one looks pretty good. I mean, David Harbour as, as Hellboy um, is a great choice. Uh, I think he is a great choice. And, and even though, as said, it took me a while to kind of get my head around the fact that Hellboy was not going to be Ron Perlman. I think David Harbour is going to do a good job from what I've seen on the trailer. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of potential there. Um, Miller Jovovich is going to be in it as well. Um, we've got Daniel Day Kim in there as Ben Daimyo. Um, Ian McShane as well is in it. And, uh, you know, whenever you can put Lovejoy in anything, you've you've got me. So, yeah, that's good enough for me. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lovejoy, for, for you Americans who are listening, that's a really obscure reference that only the Brits are going to get. But um, look up Lovejoy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to Hellboy. Um, I do think that there, as said, is a lot of potential for this franchise. And, and this um, second trailer is a very, very strong trailer. I think much stronger than um, the teaser trailer they released. So, yep, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, the other big trailer that we got is one that i am got to be frank with you, I'm not really looking forward to much, and that is X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, now, this looks like it's going to be the, the final movie um, from the X-Men franchise, as it is um, under the control of, of Fox and under the stewardship of, of Fox Studios. Um, this is returning all of the cast that you would recognise from... Um, basically from X-Men Days of Future Past and X-Men Apocalypse, um, going all the way back to, to X-Men First Class, pretty much, um, and all of those characters. So that's James McAvoy as, as Professor Xavier. Um, you know, uh, I've forgotten the, the dude's name again, <laughs> who plays Magneto. Uh, Michael Fassbender, uh, you know, Jennifer Lewis, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, sorry, as as Mystique. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really know, I came away after watching the trailer feeling like I've seen this movie already, and it's called X-Men The Last Stand. That's how I felt about it. I mean, it, it didn't feel in any way different to that movie, to me. Um, both of those, of these movies kind of cover the, the Dark Phoenix storyline, um, from the comic books, for those who, who don't know, um, Basically, back of a fag paper um, summarization, uh, Jean Grey, the, the telepath, um, becomes one with uh, the Phoenix Force, a, a force, a cosmic entity from, from space. Um, and the, the Phoenix Force kind of magnifies her, her, tele, her telekinesis powers and her telepathic powers. Um, but it, it kind of drives her insane, basically. Um and I mean, you pretty much got that from the trailer anyway, because the trailer is just so full of spoilers. I don't know like, what they were thinking. Um, but 
it just felt to me like as said you know i'm not seeing what the difference is between this and x-men the last stand really um i mean okay i guess the the plots are, are going to be different in a sense that dark phoenix is going to lean more on the um the the dark phoenix storyline from the x-men comic books or so it appears um and there'll be a bit of space and and you know that's kind of it really um i'm kind of done with, with fox's x-men anyway um you know i i, I did like days of future past richard didn't like it um but i did um i really enjoyed that um but x-men apocalypse for me just ruined the whole thing and i was so frustrated with that film that i just kind of checked out from the x-men movies after that really um and i gotta say based on this trailer i don't have much hope for it going forward i mean we know it's over anyway because disney now um have the rights back uh to the x-men and it's just a matter of time until um disney and, and marvel decide to reboot those characters and introduce them into the mcu and to be honest i'm i'm more looking forward to that really um this x-men i i've kind of i'm kind of done with you know they've had their time and basically they've messed up their own timeline so many times that i can't tell who should be where and when and um you know i the the acting is just patchy and the scripts are patchy and you know sometimes they dip a toe into the comic books sometimes they don't and i'm i'm just yeah i'm just really kind of not feeling it <laughs> as you can probably tell um so i don't know if i'll be going to see x-men dark phoenix to be honest um probably not if i have to be 100 percent honest with you because i just can't see any reason why i would want to pay my money to go to the cinema to see that so i'll probably wait for it to arrive on on home video at some point and and go then but um yeah i won't be rushing to see that but you know maybe you guys are, are quite excited by it and if you are um let us know as I said let's have the chat and have a conversation um because i'd love to speak to some people who who are looking forward to it um so let us know your thoughts um, as said, at the end of this podcast, you'll find out how to get in touch with us. Now, uh, there's some TV that I've been watching recently as well that I do want to talk about. Um, as always, as you know, I'm a Netflix junkie. You know, I, I, I love talking about the stuff that I find on Netflix. I, I recently did a review of the Korean horror drama Kingdom um, which I absolutely loved. Um, and you can find that, by the way, f on this podcast channel. So if you do want to have a listen to that, make sure you check out our podcast channel and um, have a look for the Kingdom non-spoilers review. Um, have that, Give that a listen and you'll get a sense of, of how we feel about that series. Um, but Netflix in general, as said, has, has really kind of been going well with um, their series of late. I've, I've really enjoyed a lot um, that they've put out. And one of the things that I've enjoyed recently is Umbrella Academy. Um, now, Umbrella Academy is a, a comic book I had heard of, but I really had never read. So I didn't really know anything about it at all. Um, so I kind of went into this bli uh, blind, really. I knew it was written by Gerard Way um, and the artwork was done by Gabriel Barr um, but I didn't know much about the characters or the plot or anything like that um, and from you know what I saw in the the TV series it was a really interesting kind of take that they've taken um, 
on you know some of the traditions and the tropes of um superhero teams and and kind of how those dynamics function um funnily enough talking about x-men it reminded me a lot of of x-men in terms of um the kind of character backgrounds and how um the team is put together so to speak but it's done in a way that um is quite quirky and quite left field and you know some of the characters are very um trying to say the least (laughs) they're people who've got a lot of flaws and you know a lot of um issues um and the series does a great job of, of kind of balancing these these characters these multiple characters um across the shows and um handling the interactions between them and, and things like that um so it, it really is a, g- a good watch i mean I, I don't want to go too much into details for those who haven't seen it yet um but i would say you know if you haven't seen it uh give it a try it's, it's definitely worth a watch definitely worth a watch um it's a bit off the wall um, as I said, it's a bit quirky and, you know, that might not be to everybody's taste, but if you're patient with it, you will get a lot of reward out of it because um, the things that they're able to pull off visually with that show really impressed me. Um, you know, the, the special effects are really, really impressive. Um, the action is really good as well. Um, you know, the, the action choreography is, is really, really good, in fact, for, for what it is. Um and as I said, the characters are really strong. And also make sure you, you look out for Mary J. Blige as well. Um, not just because she's the queen of hip-hop soul, but because she's really fantastic in this. Um, you know, I, I'm really kind of... I'm really impressed by what she's done with her acting career up to this point um, because she's really not gone for a lot of the typical roles that somebody from her background would go for. Um, she's clearly tried to kind of push herself in, in a different direction and, and, and tried to, you know, do something different. Um, and this is the character she plays and this is definitely a character that's very different, but she kills it. Um, she does a great, great job with it. So, yeah, I would say, you know, Umbrella Academy is definitely worth a watch. So make sure you um, go and check that out. That's on Netflix right now. Uh, the other thing I've been watching on Netflix is The Punisher. Um, now, I've almost finished season two. I've not quite see, uh, seen the last episode because I keep falling asleep. Um, not because it's boring, but just because I keep putting it on at like one in the morning, watching the first 10 minutes and then drifting off. Um, you know, it's it's a thing. We all do it. <laughs> Let's be honest. But um, yeah, the, you know, the Punisher I, I've enjoyed so far. I haven't enjoyed everything about it. Um, I felt that this season is it's kind of lacking a little bit in terms of um depth for the characters i felt and it feels a bit to me like they've kind of decided that with this season that they were going to amp up the action and lessen um some of the psychodrama behind it and i guess that's not a, a bad thing but I'm somebody who who kind of appreciates the the psychodrama. In fact, I I don't mind that at all. That's what I really enjoyed about um, The Punisher season one was, you know, kind of trying to explain Frank's psyche and his motivations and and why he kind of thinks the way he does and why he views the world in the way that he does. Um, And, you know, that was was quite enjoyable. And um, John Burnfall as The Punisher is, is just phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. Like, you can't... You know, if you had dream castings and, um, you know, wanted to pick somebody to, to play the, the Punisher, um, 
he would be the guy that I think everybody, you know, would would go for. I mean, I remember when he was cast as the Punisher in um, Daredevil season two, and I remember everybody who you know kind of knew him from primarily from what he did as, as Shane in the Walking Dead TV series. Thought, yeah, that's a great casting choice, and and it proved to be the case. I mean, he was, um, you know, he was absolutely for me. He was clearly the best thing about Daredevil season two, um, and you know, he he's really got tremendous presence and he brings a lot of depth to Frank Castle um and you really believe him when he he talks about you know the the kind of things that that the character of Frank has gone through and um how it's affected him you know you believe him you believe what he's saying um so it's a phenomenal piece of work he's he's done here and um you know it's a shame as you know by now that uh, the Punisher has been cancelled so there will be no more uh, Punisher series at Netflix um, you know th- this will be the, the legacy of what he's done and if that's the case then you know he should be proud in terms of the, the work that he's done but that said as, as said I, I do feel like um, Punisher season 2 kind of has some elements that, that haven't quite worked for me um, the reintroduction of uh, Ben Barnes's character Billy Russo um was not necessarily a bad thing i mean we all knew it was coming anyway um if you are familiar with the the punisher comics then um you know billy russo is is one of uh frank castle's chief antagonists really um so he was always going to make a return um but i was a bit confused with the way they were trying to handle his character um i know that the idea was to to try and provide um some depth and some motivation to uh his character and it's admirable that admirable that they try to kind of explore i guess um the after effects of of what happened to billy russo at the end of, of punisher season one um but i could not buy into this romance between him and the doctor like i i just i thought that was just the laziest of, of lazy um plot devices it really worked to the point where it irritated me and it and it turned me off of the character of the doctor um sorry what i'm referring to is that in in part of the story here um billy is uh receiving psychological um analysis and and help um to overcome his injuries that he suffered at the end of, of season one um and as a result of that um a relationship develops between him and, and uh this psychoanalyst um or this therapist that he's seeing um and as said for me it just felt a little bit cliched and a little bit lazy and and just you know did we really need to have that um no not really it didn't really tell us anything about billy russo and it didn't really tell us anything about the doctor either um and i kind of felt that you know they they just sort of put that in there to add a, a, another element to the story rather than it being kind of a pressing thing that that needed to be addressed so um for me that kind of disappointed me a bit um there are some new villains in in this season um one of whom i thought was really really interesting and that's pilgrim um who is basically without spoiling it too much is uh, um a religious hitman i guess is the best way to describe it but 
Um, he's got a really, really interesting backstory and does have an excellent character arc as well. Um, and he is really one of the strong points of the of this season. So I really enjoyed what they kind of did with him. Um, that's definitely something that, that stood out from the series and, and I enjoyed that. Um, I also liked... Uh, the return of Agent Madani as well. Um, and funnily enough, I think they kind of handled with Agent Madani, I felt that they kind of handled her reaction to the events that unfold in, in Punisher Season 2 better than they did Billy Russo. Um, to me, her actions were more believable. You know, I bought it more in terms of what she was doing. Um I think because Amber Rose Reva is is just a terrific actress, but also because I just think they they spent more time um investing in in kind of her story and and what um the impact would be of of the things that she experienced in Punisher season 1 on her professionally and personally and um and to me i just as i said i, I kind of just bought it more um from her and, and bought into what she was doing um aside from that uh, again i don't want to get into too many spoilers if you haven't seen it already this is not a spoiler review so um you know i, I don't want to go too deep into to all of that um but i did find it quite entertaining overall um there's lots and lots of action in this season um in fact all of the netflix shows maybe bar jessica jones have kind of ramped up the action from their second seasons i don't know if that was a conscious decision that was made but um you know punisher 2 season 2 has definitely picked up the pace with that action um it's quite bloody and quite gruesome as you might expect from a character like the punisher um but it's it's very entertaining and it's well done so um you know i would give them great credit for that they they really do handle um, the action scenes really, really well in this series. Um, I will finish up the final episode of that. And then what I'll do is I will do a special podcast with me and Rich when we can uh, get the posse back together. Um, and we'll do some some spoilers chat and, and go into a bit of detail about that. But um, as I mentioned earlier, you, you're probably all aware by now that The Punisher has been cancelled. And also Jessica Jones has been cancelled as well by Netflix. So we will get a third and final season of Jessica Jones but after that that will be it um and then all of the marvel shows will be done um with netflix now as you know i mean again if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you know that i'm a big time stan of of the netflix marvel universe i i've you know i really bought into the the universe and bought into what they were doing because um for me you know growing up what some of my favorite Marvel comic books were the ones that focused on street level characters. Um, you know, I, I read my fair share of kind of com cosmic stuff and, and um, you know, things that with godlike beings and, and things like that. But the ones that resonated more with me were the street level heroes because I, I felt I could always identify more with them because they seem to deal with more real world, real world problems um then some of the you know the bigger and grander kind of heroes that, that you get within those universes so you know i i remember when the announcements were made that you know netflix was partnering with marvel and they were going to produce um these four shows featuring you know daredevil luke cage jessica jones and iron fist um and that they were going to bring them together towards the end to to make a, a team-up series called the defenders well you know <laughs> you could you can stick a fork in me because i was done i was i was over the moon 
over the moon by, about that. I really was. Um, I was so pumped. And, you know, the the series that we've got, I, I mostly enjoyed them. I had, like, you know, kind of issues here and there with, with certain seasons of certain shows. And Iron Fist, you know, and me and Richard have gone to town and back on, on Iron Fist on many an occasion. So I'm not going to kick that particular show here. Um, but, you know, I was generally, you said, really sold on, on what they were trying to do. But as time kind of went by and we got different seasons and different stories were followed, it became kind of clear to me that when initially they announced these shows and, and said, you know, oh, everything's connected in a sense that everything was going to be connected to the cinematic universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, um, it became clear from the shows themselves that that was not really the case. I mean, there was passing reference made here and there, but generally speaking, these shows were, you know, their own kind of entity and their own thing. And looking back at it now, all of these shows have been cancelled. I kind of feel like, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like they made a mistake with that almost, you know, with hindsight being uh, 2020 vision. Um, it just feels to me like, it may have been better if maybe they'd said that, you know, they'd stuck to the four shows being connected. So saying, you know, these four shows we're going to do are connected and this is going to be our Marvel um, cinematic universe, our Marvel TV universe, if you will. Um, you know, kind of what DC has done with the Arrowverse and how, you know, the Arrowverse is connected to, um, you know, Arrow being connected to Supergirl, being connected to Legends of Tomorrow, being connected to, you know, so on and so forth. Um, all of those shows kind of exist within the same world and you can have characters appear at, at different times. And, um, you know, that that is for me is is kind of what I thought we were going to get with the, the Marvel Netflix shows. But it didn't quite happen. I mean, we got a couple of, you know, characters crossed over here and there, but... Um, you know, the really the only recurring characters that, that we had across multiple shows often was Turk and um, Night Nurse, you know, um, they were the, really the only characters that, that we got. Um, the rest of them kind of as said you may get a cameo here and a cameo there in, in different shows, but, but that was about it. Um, so it felt like there wasn't really a, a grand scheme or a grand vision for you know what they were intending to do with this universe and and maybe that's a bit unfair because i mean if you look at the marvel cinematic universe you know that's something that has taken many many years of of planning and meetings and you know hiring different writers and directors who are prepared to kind of honor the overarching story while still providing their own tale for you know specific characters and, and things like that um that's not an easy thing to do as we've seen you know um every attempt at a cinematic universe quote unquote um seems to fail if it's not the mcu because it's a tricky thing to to get right from a creative point of view from a logistics point of view you know it's difficult so maybe i'm being a bit harsh in in thinking that you know the netflix marvel setup should have been the same but i i guess the fan in me that's what i wanted you know that's what i thought we were going to get when when we got these shows um ultimately we didn't get them um and then after that 
you know, we then started to find out about Disney's plans for its own streaming service um, called Disney Plus, which should be launching at some point this year. Um, and it became clear pretty early on in the piece that if Disney is starting their own streaming service well how is that going to work with what marvel were doing at netflix and then you started to kind of hear rumblings about um you know certain directions that were being taken with um the marvel netflix shows and how you know netflix were unhappy with with certain decisions that were made and and that the coup the two parties couldn't agree on on kind of creative things um, I'm not sure I buy that totally because Netflix, to me, from what I know about them, are, are pretty easygoing and, and don't really interfere too much with filmmakers and, and um, you know, TV writers and, and showrunners too much. Um, they generally like to leave people alone to get on with what they're doing. Um, and also, you know, Netflix is quite happy to carry shows for years that have low viewing figures. So... Um, when they kind of said that, you know, they were cancelling Iron Fist because the viewing figures were down and, and things like that, I I kind of took that with a, a bit of a pinch of salt because, as said, there, there's plenty of shows on Netflix in your Netflix library right now that I, I guarantee you people are not watching, yet they're still there. So, you know, if the desire was to, to cancel these shows because there weren't enough views um yeah I, I, i'm not sure i really buy that um and then when luke cage got cancelled um and they kind of used the same argument and then daredevil got cancelled and they used the same argument again and i was just like nah that's that you know it's clear that that's maybe there's a, a small part of that that's playing a, a part in in netflix's decision making but i doubt it i think it's quite clear um, now that these were political decisions that were made because Disney now represents a, a threat to Netflix um, because they've started their own streaming service, because they have access to um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the characters that exist within that, and therefore the built-in audience that, that follows that. Um, sorry, I keep dropping my pen. I don't know why I'm coming so clumsy. Move that over there. Um... Yeah, it became clear that, you know, the Disney and Marvel are now a threat to Netflix. Um, so Netflix are probably looking at what Disney and Marvel are doing and thinking, well, why do we need to give you free advertising for your Marvel brand, um, you know, by, by retaining these characters and these stories when effectively you're going to be competing against us for our audience? Um, which I guess is... is understandable from from netflix's position um you know as said from the fans point of view it, it sucks because you know a lot of us had invested in in these characters be it the punisher or daredevil or jessica jones or luke cage or iron fist um you know th th there's all fans there's fans out there who have invested in in these characters and invested in these shows so to kind of have the rug pulled out from underneath you is um yeah it's really frustrating but you know, perhaps it isn't the end. Um, there was recently some reports that surfaced in the media that uh, Hulu, which is um, a US-based streaming service, so the American listeners will know about Hulu, um, is potentially interested in taking on some of these characters. Um, 
so that might be you know maybe there is a future for these characters after all after we thought you know this was all done and dusted and we'd never see them again um now there's conflicting reports about kind of when these characters can be used again um the more kind of reliable sources seem to suggest that it will take about two years before anybody can um kind of start to work on you know a new daredevil show for example or something like that um but i don't know you know if that affects um hulu now hulu is pretty much now has um disney as a, as a majority shareholder which basically means that disney owns most of it i think it's about 60 percent of, of hulu as a company so you know if disney choose to then they can take the characters that have been um cancelled by netflix from the netflix shows and and move them over to hulu which you know if, if it means that we get to see more charlie cox as daredevil and you know christopher ritter as, as jessica jones then i'm for it i'm all for it um so we'll have to wait and see folks basically um there, we're, we're still a way away from where any of this can happen um and we don't know you know as I said I'm, I'm kind of just speculating and going off different reports that i've read online as as to what could happen here so we we don't know for sure you know where and how this plays out but if you're a fan of these shows like me then i'm sure you're got your fingers crossed got your toes crossed and you know are, are hoping for the best with that all right well um I think that's most of the talking points I wanted to cover on this episode. Um, I'm sorry this is a shorter episode than than usual. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, we do have a, a baby on the way and um, it's not going to be long at all until the baby is with us. Um, I'm very excited about it and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to kind of make sure I, I get everything I need to do done for the baby. So, um it means my time is a little bit limited and it means also that we may have less podcasts um and less podcast activity on the channel than we usually have um i do apologize for that but you know it is it's life man but we'll try and do our best um richard has said we'll be back without a doubt he'll be back um in fact he'll probably be back sooner than you realize um so we he no doubt will, will want to stick his 10 pence in and, and give you some thoughts on some of the things he's watching and the games he's playing at the moment as well um so yeah stick around with us you know and and be patient because we do have lots of things we want to cover um over the coming weeks and months so stick with us um make sure you subscribe to us as well on the podcast channel that you're listening to us on so whatever that may be whether that be spotify or um soundcloud or apple Podcasts or google Podcasts, just just hit that subscribe button um and that way you'll always stay up to date with what we're doing and, and when we're doing it now before we go uh, i just wanted to give a couple of shout outs um firstly a big thank you as always to rob wade from emotionally 14 um this podcast is e14 endorsed what does that mean it means that we're part of a, a small group of shows that rob has collated together um over at the emotionally 14 channel at emotionally 14.com um you can find out more about our show and a few other terrific shows um over on that that podcast channel so go and check out emotionally 14.com for more info
Um, also want to give a, a big shout out as well to the Britpod scene. Um, you'll always see us hashtag the Britpod scene on social media. Um, that is a, a British podcast collective full of independent podcasters who cover just about every topic you can think of. Um, so whatever your bag is, I guarantee you, you will find it on the Britpod scene. So make sure you go and visit them at BritpodScene.com or look for the Britpod scene on social media as well. Um, and lastly, I wanted to give a, a big shout out as well to a new podcaster who's joined the, the, the podcasting journey. Um, and that's M from Verbal Diorama. Uh, she just started her first episode. Uh, it's available now on Spotify and it should be available on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, and it's all about the incredible animated movie Titan AE. Um, if you remember that, like I remember that, then, um, you know, that's one you need to be checking out because uh, M does a great job of kind of breaking down that movie, um, plus a bit of the history behind uh, the studio that produced it and, and all sorts as well. Um, she's a great podcast host and, and I think she's doing terrific things and she's going to go on to do really big things as well. So make sure you go and check her show out. It's called Verbal Diorama. And as said, you'll find it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Um, and you can follow her on Twitter too. Um, she's fun to follow on Twitter um, at Verbal Diorama and also on Instagram at Verbal Diorama. And lastly, um, we haven't forgotten about the Bebop rewatch. Um, as said, we've just had lots of stuff going on and it is what it is but the bebop rewatch will be back soon um so for those of you who enjoy me and richard talking about the greatest anime ever made cowboy bebop uh make sure you stick around for that um and make sure you're following us on social media as well because we'll give you some updates on that very soon now if you have a listen to the little trailer at the end of the podcast we'll let you know how you can get in touch with us and do all of those things Okay, well, thank you for listening, guys. Um, as I said, thank you for being patient with us. I know um, it's been a bit sporadic in terms of the, the podcast output from Wulong Talks, but as I said, lots going on. Um, and hopefully by the time you hear me again, which might be next week or the week after possibly, I'll have a little bubble on my lap when I'm recording. <laughs> All right, folks, take care and I'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the Britpod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 